Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. So today I talk with Chris Beavers. Chris is a personal trainer. He has over 11 years experience and a lot of his experience is on the gym floor working with people one-to-one in person. So he knows his stuff. He has seen it all. He has now transitioned to an online business and his business is called Father Fit. And what I love so much about his business Business. It is literally the male version of the Nourish, Move and Shine program. So he is building an online community for dads and uh, so that they can get fitter, stronger and healthier together as a community. And um, I just think it's so important what he's doing, because like I'm sure a lot of you will see with your husbands or your partners or your brothers or your dads that as men get older, they tend not to. Obviously, I'm generalizing, but they tend not to be great at socializing with each other and making time for each other especially when they're busy with jobs and families and things like that so it was such a fantastic conversation I learned so much from him and I really enjoyed the dad perspective on it you know and hearing him talk about dad guilt for making time for himself to go to the gym or to to you know get a run in or whatever and because he didn't want to spend more time away from his kids was such a lovely thing to hear because I think as women again maybe I'm just speaking for myself that sometimes I think that it's just a female thing that that we have that mom guilt so it's really it was really lovely to hear that there are guys out there who have that dad guilt too and so I really enjoyed this conversation and we talk about everything like I said from the dad guilt to struggles uh, with mindset limiting beliefs we talk about body dysmorphia and the cost of getting lean and then we talk about parenting and the importance of a healthy lifestyle for your kids and setting that good example for your family Um, so go check him out send your hubby his details get them onto his community and I hope you enjoy the episode Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kate. Thank you so much for giving me your time. Um, I suppose we'll start straight off, kind of as we usually do, um, if you were able to give us some information on your background, you know, your professional background, your personal journey and like your relationship to health and fitness in general. Sure. Okay. Do you want the uh, long version or the short version? Oh, yeah. Well, like a good detailed version. A good detail. Okay, cool. So... Being a PT for 11 years, it kind of started when I had this kind of fork road in my life where I had the option of either, um, I, I worked in clubs at the time, and I had the option of either kind of continuing in clubs, I was DJing, managing nights, um, or become a personal trainer. And for me, a, a common thread throughout my life has always been sort of the gym, health, fitness, it's always been something that I've been into. And so I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll be a PT. So I'll go down that avenue. So did my course and ended up getting a job in London in uh, Virgin Active. And then I was there for about six months and decided I hated sales, hated trying to get clients and then um, moved to a, a, a private uh, gym called Matt Roberts. I was there for a couple of years. And then after that, I, I got a job in a private body composition, personal training gym. And I was there for six years. Um, that started off in, in London and then moved to Dubai. And then um, long, long story short, without moving back to the UK, my wife felt pregnant and we decided we wanted to have kids back in the UK. So moved back uh, to, to the UK. And then um, it got to the point where I was in the gym for 
you know, a, a long period of time. And I um, w wanted to spend more time with my family. So I thought, what can I do? And um, obviously, online personal training is a fantastic option. So I ended up transitioning from, um, you know, in-person PT to being an online personal trainer. Amazing. And so when did you make that transition to online? So I, I made it in August last year. Okay. So re relatively recently, I've only been an online PT for what, eight, nine months now. But you know what I think is really, really refreshing to hear? So you have 11 years experience and that was purely gym floor experience working one to one with people um, for 11 years. You're exactly the type of personal trainer that should be transitioning online to be able to share your expertise with more people. Because, you know, a lot of people nowadays will kind of qualify and then just try and jump straight into this online life without really having any kind of real life experience when it comes to what it's like how people move, what kind of struggle, real life struggles people have um, with fitness, with health, with movement. And over your years, you would have gathered just so much knowledge that you just can't, you can't learn online first. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I think you you learn a lot by doing. And one one component of what we do is very much in the gym training, whether it's resistance training, whether it's running, whatever it may be. But you, you have to learn that by being able to walk around the client, look at all of the different angles, have conversations with them, ask them the questions that get the information out that you know what kind of changes to make. I mean, if we take a squat, for example, um, if somebody has a, you know, they, they flex the spine at the very bottom and they have, have you know, the butt wink, um, there could be one of a number of reasons as to why that happens. It gets to the point where you ask so many questions, you have an intuition with each client as to what may cause it. And you can fix it. And and I definitely think transitioning online, that's that's certainly helped where you, you can sort of preempt certain things happening both in the gym with exercises, but also with the psychological aspects of trying to create that behavioral change. Yeah. And when you were working with people one to one, did you have that whole lifestyle aspect of it? Because I'll get into your online business now in a minute. But mm -hmm. um, I know like from working on the gym floor, with people it can be quite hard to get kind of deeper into their kind of habits their nutrition that all the lifestyle changes that needs to happen and I know that a lot of people will come to the gym and think okay I have a personal trainer now I go to, to the gym twice or three times a week I, I'm sorted and they don't change anything else or, you know their diet stays the same and they have you know several takeaways every week and they then they wonder why they're not making huge amounts of progress towards their goals so do you how did you find how did you manage to manage that on a one to one basis when you're so busy client after client in the gym? So a lot of it comes from the conversations you have with them in the gym. And I think part of it is making sure that you, you start on the right foot, understanding why the client comes to you and understanding what they want to achieve and setting realistic expectations. I mean, we the, the place I used to work was is famous for body composition changes and having these radical transformations in a short period of time. So you had the benefit there of people coming in, knowing kind of what they want, whether they knew what it takes to get there is a different story, but they knew kind of what they wanted. And so th there was a bit of an expectation that they would have to change their habits. Um, but for me, with, with the online training, one of the most important things is understanding why somebody wants to change and drilling down 
on the emotional reason as to why they actually want to do it. Because if if somebody doesn't have that initial push to to get them out of wherever they are, it's going to be really difficult to try and do those initial lifestyle changes and then over time make them stick too. Yeah, and that's a really difficult thing to do when if it's time sensitive if someone is coming to a personal training gym and they're obviously when you're online personal training you can make it more affordable but someone comes to this gym and they're spending i don't know 1200 euro over the space of 12 weeks or something i'm just making this up um like they're <laughs> investing a lot of money in and they're like they want to see results in that short period of time but what what i've noticed from my experience is to make those long-term habit changes for most, like some people can adapt quite easily, but most people change, like they will resist change. And it takes a lot of repetition and a lot of time to be able to put habits in place, like eating more whole foods by adding a bit more protein into the diet. But the, if they're going to track calories, the actual process of tracking calories can be really stressful for people at the beginning. And sometimes I think it takes months to just get the little habits down. Um, so that I'd say was probably quite a, a challenge was it to if you know there's this expectation of this gym where it's we do body composition changes that that if clients are like having genuine struggles to get that balance to really kind of help them but try and do it in a time frame yeah no a- a- absolutely it's it's a lot more I, I I the way I do my online personal training now is is very different to the way that it was sort of approached in in the, this previous place in this previous place it was very much we have these kind of very rigid frameworks that we need somebody to follow and we need somebody to do. And you, you kind of impose that on that person. And then you you add flexibility as you go down the line. Whereas the way I've sort of changed it now is that the cohort of people I work with who are dads are, they're not all looking for this kind of incredible six pack and to look great on the beach and great at the pool when everybody look at them and think they're this kind of God and this Adonis. Uh, the kind of people I work with now, they want to make it sick. They want it to be a, a, a big lifestyle change. And the reason why they do that is for their kids and to, um, you know, have more energy. So they don't need to be shredded. In fact, it's probably best not to be shredded because as, as you'll know, if when people get too late, too lean, it's not great for health. Body fat is like a U curve with how good you feel inside yourself. If you have too much, you don't feel good you have too little you don't feel too good it's a metabolically active substance it it produces molecules for the body you can't you you know you need a certain amount to function well so um it's a lot more educational now and I, I very much see the way I work with clients as more of a sort of a bit of a sounding board where I'm saying okay this is what we want to try this is how we implement it into your life how does it make you feel and part of that then makes them realize, oh, if I do have more vegetables with dinner, I find it easier not to snack before I go to bed. And then when I do that, I sleep better because I've not just eaten, you know, half a pack of biscuits <laughs> before yeah. bed. And and then it's it's relating that feeling and how they feel to the behavior change that they've made. And then, you know, then they feel better. Of course, with any journey, they fall off the wagon. Yeah. And that's good. I, I I don't encourage it. Obviously, I don't want to encourage it. It's going it. to happen. But when it did, that's like what I say to my It's going to happen. It's one thing I can guarantee you, it will happen. Exactly. But then it, it's a chance to reflect. Yeah. And it's a chance to be like, okay, well, how did I feel after? Is that actually I felt pretty rubbish? Is that is it worth doing it? No. And then the next time they have a craving or a temptation, 
Um, you know, you frame it. Cravings and, ten- and temptations are like the weather. They will come, but just like rain, seemingly it does pass sometimes, maybe not in the UK. But um, then it, it kind of gives them that belief that they can, you know, make it stick. The knowledge that if they do just kind of resist this temptation, they're going to feel so much better in the morning. And then over time, you have less times where they fall back and more times where they stick to it. And then that creates a self-belief where they 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 are this person that can be healthy, where when they first start, they they didn't think it was possible. Yeah, that's and it's just that sounds exactly kind of how I work with my clients as well. Just that building that self-belief that you build by evidence and that yeah, leading by how you actually feel. And that like when you can make make that focus. Uh, change like with the, you change the direction of, of your focus and you're like you're leaning into oh this actually feels good or if I do this how am I going to feel and then sometimes you'll you'll, you'll eat the thing or do the thing that makes you feel shit and you're like oh fuck it not again and <laughs> but then you're learning every time and when we kind of get rid of that I'm a failure I've failed it's like you're gonna fail that's how you succeed so you're just you know you've done something that you know makes you feel less than good that's fine you're taking that information and you're moving forward with it and then it does it builds over time and it really really is life-changing so in relation to your business father fit is that right yeah what i love about your business it's like it's nearly like the male counterpart to mine it's like yeah (laughs) but by the sounds of it i'm gonna get you to obviously tell us a bit about it yourself now um like my my business is very much a community of women a lot of my my clients are mums um, most people are over the age of 30 so usually somewhere between 30 and 50 is where most of my clients are and um it's it's been, I've, this it's turning into this fantastic community of women that are supporting each other and um, to reach their goals in like when it's they're so busy and life is not ideal and it's, you know it's sorry it is ideal but not ideal to try and l- lose body fat it's hard um but what i love is that you seem to be building this community of dads and I think that is such a fantastic thing to see because women, you know, I'm going to very much generalize. Women are much better at supporting each other. They're much better at community than men, particularly at this age. I think in, in their 20s, men are great at, you know, they play football together and they go to the pub and they, you know, and then suddenly they have kids and real jobs and they have responsibilities and they, <laughs> they just drop each other. I just, and I'm speaking from experience for, or from my, my husband, let's say that him and his friends are all at this stage or they're married and they have kids and they don't really play much sports anymore. And they don't socialize that much anymore. And my dad, even, you know, that he's, he, he always had work, but apart from that, he, you know, men tend to lose that community. So what I love about your business, I am going to let you talk now. <laughs> Um, yes, okay. <laughs> is tell us a bit about your business and your community and what what your kind of goal is with your community of dads yeah so it, it sounds like it is just the copy and paste version of what you have for mums but for dads so when when I first became a dad it was in lockdown so uh, all of the gyms were shut and uh, I, I really struggled with home training I thought I'd be okay with it it turns out I hate training at home personally for me uh, I, I do it more now sort of for a bit of fun with my little boy who who can, you know, he pays attention now. And I do it for that reason. But personally, for me to push myself to failure and to really make progression, I find it difficult. But anyway, so when I first became a dad, um, we we're in lockdown, I ended up putting on a stone. And 
then as with kind of all dads, you have this uh, overwhelming guilt of, I don't want to take too much time to, or I don't want to take too much time for myself to personally train because then I won't see my family. And well, I, I don't think all dads feel that. I think a lot of dads do, but um, personally for me, I found that really difficult. So I'd be at work and I'd, I'd train for 30 minutes in, in my lunch break and then I'd, I'd want to come home. And I realized there are so many other dads who, as you say, their fitness falls off the wagon, their friends, you, you know, get get put down the priority list because you've got family who suddenly becomes, you know, incredibly more important. You've got this little being who just looks up to you. Um, but I, I realized there's a bit of a gap in the market. I, I Googled sort of other sort of trainers for online, for dads online. And it was all these sort of military boot camp style people. And I was just like, in my head, I was like, I'm a dad. The last thing I want if I'm trying to get fit is some dude just shouting at me, telling me to like get more sessions in. Well, I'm sorry, but if my little boy's ill and my wife needs help and support at home, I'm not just going to be like, sorry, I, I need to go to the gym. And I, I, I wanted to create this community for dads where the important, the most important thing was health, but then also, you know, family first. And it's not health or family. It's you, you can do both. And actually the benefits of doing that will mean that your your little ones, your wife, everyone else will benefit from you focusing on your health. And it can work around family life. It doesn't have to be, you know, either, either or. And so that that's kind of the reason why I set up Father Fit. Initially, it was just one-on-one -on -one clients. So for the first sort of six months, I, I just kind of did one-on-one -on -one coaching with clients, which I still do. And I thoroughly enjoy because you can go really, really deep with that person. And what, what I found, which, which I've really enjoyed, is you, it's not just health, health to me. I know this question is coming, but um, go for it. I, I, I'll touch on it briefly here. Health to me, especially in the remit of what a personal trainer does, we have to be careful with how much we do kind of share and what we do do. But it's not just nutrition, macros, training, steps. There's so much more to that. There's a psychological element to it as well. Obviously, if it's, you know, if it requires therapy, that's different. But you know, basic level mental health, we, we need to kind of work on that and make sure, you, you know, that those are supported too. And with, with my one-to-one -one clients now, we, we go on, we, we go into more than just, you know, nutrition, training, sleep. We, we go into limiting beliefs. We look at, um, you, you know, sort of like lifestyle design, I suppose, in a way where it's just like, okay, is there anything in your life you're not happy with? Can we change it? Because a lot of people get fixed in a way that they think, oh, I, I'm 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 not happy with kind of where I am, but I can't change it. And it's like that's not true. You can totally change that. And I think for me, it's really prominent because I went from working, you know, from from for somebody else, not having that much control with my time Monday to Friday, to all of a sudden having complete and utter control. And I'm just like, so much can change if you believe and if you if you kind of do it. And 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 that's a bit about the one to one. I then wanted to. Think about okay, how can I make this bigger than just sort of one to one? And that's where this the community aspect of it has come in. So now I I, I have another um, kind of service, which is this community for dads, and it's 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 on a separate platform. So it's it's like Facebook, but it's just the the father fit community, 
and in there it's um it, it, it's got a community of dads who all want to improve their health so we all have this common thread of wanting to help each other improve their health so somebody will say oh i'm really struggling to do this and you've got me saying this is what i think and then you've got about 10 other dads being like this is how i've managed to do it and it's quite powerful because it's other dads who are literally in the same position who have the same challenges who are like look it's possible you can do it this is how i've done it and it just adds that that extra little bit of belief yeah i don't know if that answered your question i i went off on a bit of a no long... no because that's it i just wanted you to kind of share with us give us a feel for your business and that's exactly what you've done okay um because it's it's fantastic and it's funny i work a couple of mornings in a gym so i see like i i see a lot of men come in and men are not great for asking for help first of all in the gym <laughs> so you, there's there's a few different Dude, types you know see, using Dude. types where, that are like you know they'll come in and they'll just pretend they know what they're doing and they'll throw around loads of heavy weights and you're like Ooh. but then there's also i i love when you do get a man that will come in and like there's one guy in particular i can think of and he he's in his 40s and he he came into the gym and he signed up and he was like i need an assessment and you know he was perfectly happy with me doing it you know usually they might be like oh no we'll get one of the guy coaches and he was like i've never been in a gym before so he didn't know anything at all about the gym he um was quite a big guy and really strong and has suddenly over the months like got this love for the gym he'll always come down to the desk when he doesn't know what to what to do to ask someone to help him and has found this new kind of um, love for fitness in his 40s, which is fantastic. But I think that it's much harder for a man to come into the gym. Like I just he re- always stood out to me. And like this is a gym with thousands of members, but he always stuck out to me because I'm like, you don't get that that much that guys will come in and really ask for help and really be like and really just put their hands up and be like, I don't know. I've never been in a gym like you're going to have to show me. And like, we get a few guys like that, but um, it's so great that there's more of a community because like you're right I think a lot of what's out there for guys is you know either these kind of bodybuilding programs where it's all it's really macho and they're all showing off their bodies or it's really kind of competitive kind of CrossFit style training or it's you know there isn't anything that takes kind of takes the macho levels down a little notch and just is like you know this we're here we want to be healthy we want to be here for our families we want to set a good example for our kids and we do want to be strong we do want to be fit and yeah we want to look good but all in a healthy balance yeah totally it, it's the, the the first thing i do with with every kind of especially one-to-one client especially um because it can be difficult for them to reach out because they're basically reaching out saying I, I don't know what to do i've tried it before perhaps but it's not successful um it is try and sort of just level the playing field and the the, the way i do that as one-to-one clients is i'm like look honestly if i were to do your job if i if i was if you were to put an app uh, a job board out and say you know we need someone to work underneath me and support me if i was to come into your job i would have so many questions for you and you would be like these questions are so basic i was like and it's because i've got no idea about what you do how to do it i've got no experience with that and it's the same for this journey with you too like i i there is never a silly question i know everybody says oh never a silly question but there, there never really is you don't like if, if you've never focused on your health, if you've never been in a gym before, if you've never been training before, you don't know what to do. You might think you do, but chances are it's probably wrong. And I, I think especially when it comes to training in a gym, the risk of injury is so high, you sh- certainly should ask, even if you think you're 95% right anyway. Um, but but for me, 
with, with, with men, it very much is a case of, you know, leave the ego at the door. For, for me as a coach, the way I, to, to relate it to parenting, obviously my life literally revolves around health, fitness and parenting now, but to, to relate it to parenting and different styles of parenting, the, the, the way I coach is very much like conscious parenting. You know, if we have a two-year-old, um, we know their frontal lobe isn't developed. We know they don't have reasoning skills. We know that, you know, if, if they have a tantrum, <laughs> we, we need to like try, do, do our best to stay calm so, so that we can kind of help them work through it. And um, we, we're there and we, we're there with compassion. And that's very much the way I think personal trainers should be with their clients. That's not to say, you know, if, if a client does something wrong, I just say, oh, don't worry about it. Because, you know, if, if a client co constantly goes wrong with nutrition, there needs to be some sort of change. But I think the way coaches should be and the, the, the way um, clients sh should expect or what they should expect from their coaches is very much a, a, a compassionate and honest and a... Um, well, a coach who cares. That, that's what it ultimately comes down to, somebody who actually cares. Yeah, and someone who is solution-orientated as well. Yes. Yeah, that recognizes, okay, we, look, we have a problem here. We're, we have an, ob not a problem, let's say an obstacle that we need to overcome. Yeah. Um, let's get to the bottom of it. What is stopping you? What is blocking you? And how can we go yeah. about it? It might not be easy, but at least we can kind of break it down into steps and be like, you know, there, there's nothing that can't be overcome. We just need to... Yep. trial and error and that's it and like health and fitness very much like coming back to this whole kind of beginner to fitness thing you know and you know asking there, no, there being no stupid questions um it's an endless like lifelong journey and that's what i love about health and fitness is there's always something new to learn and just when you think you know it all there's new evidence that comes out that you know things change all the time there's always new things that you can learn about yourself and just about life in general about health about mental health there's just it, it's endless so that to to get onto a path where you're actually really enjoying it and you're taking steps that are stepping you out of your comfort zone a bit but not so much that you feel like giving up and finding that the journey and having a coach that can direct you and help you to and I think sometimes our, our job as coaches the most important thing is being the you know when when someone's negative inner voice starts being the one that can actually help to refocus them and be like no stop talking to yourself like that 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 could be yeah. such an important part of the job i it, it you know it, it's it's really cool that you said that i i have a zero tolerance policy with negative self-talk yeah and even it, a, a lot of clients especially with fitness and and health have like a self they make self-deprecating jokes like oh I'm, you know i'm weak or i've got no muscle and i'm like no no absolutely not i'm, I'm not accepting that i'm not laughing at that yeah because i i think self-talk is is such a powerful thing either way either powerful and it stops you or powerful and it helps you overcome whatever obstacles you have but to to touch on what you're talking about with mindset that there were what one of the most important things or, or two two things one is infinite and finite games and the way you view health and fitness and then on an individual level is introducing them and making sure they're aware of fixed and growth mindsets yeah. so Coming back to the the games, a finite game is something like a football match where you've got set rules, set period of time, and there's a clear definition of a winner and a loser or a draw or, you know, the outcome of the game. That, you, you know, you, you can develop skills and you can become better and you can win. An infinite game 
is something where there's no set start and no set endpoint, and that that everyone can be a winner or everyone can be a loser. And it's about approaching fitness and health and your health ultimately with with that in mind, knowing that it's it's an infinite game. It's going to go on for for as long as you live. And actually, you can choose to pay attention to it and reap the rewards or ignore it. And the the consequences will, will you know, that they'll catch up with you. It's, it's not, it's not going to be a great thing. So the first thing I, I try and do with clients is make sure they're aware of health is an infinite game. You know, yeah, and... you, you, the, the, up, the, up, the upside is massive, huge, absolutely huge. Yeah, but yeah, sorry, I was just going to, make... yeah, to chime in there and just say, yeah, and not seeing it as a chore that like it's it's actually yeah. this wonderful gift that makes your life so much better yeah what well, well, what yeah yeah I've, I've got so much to say on that too it, it's quite an interesting one because if you i i had a client and this literally threw me absolutely threw me i had a client say to me oats actually taste sweet now and i i don't think oats taste sweet but he said that and i'm like dude that's great that's amazing but if, if somebody has eaten poorly for however long and their diet mainly consists of hyper palatable foods or ultra processed foods, when they have fruit and vegetables, it is not going to taste nice. You're not going to get the same re- reward response, dopamine hit in the brain as you do as somebody who regularly and only really eats fruit, veg, protein sources and, and whole foods. And so part of it is sort of, telling the client, look, you're, you're not going to enjoy this at the start. And I'm not going to tell you you're going to eat vegetables and you're going to love this meal because you're probably not. But what will happen when you have a week of eating vegetables, you'll sleep better. And when you sleep better, you'll have more energy. Well, if the kids don't wake you up, yeah. you'll, you'll have more energy. And then if you have more energy, you'll enjoy training. And then, you, you know, we'll make that connection that the extra energy, the better feelings of well-being, the, the less negative self-talk, the, the less feelings of sadness and, and low energy, low mood are down to the positive nutritional choices. And then all of a sudden, it becomes so much easier to make the right choice because you're like, I know if I eat this, I'm going to feel better. And then you enjoy other areas of life. I think a lot of people use food, alcohol, drugs as a coping mechanism. And it's the only way they can feel good short term, not long term. And get that kind of feelings of, of positive well-being and enjoying a situation. Um and 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 that's tough because you need to break that cycle. But you break that cycle and you you train regularly, you whether it's at home, it doesn't need to be, you know, killing yourself in the gym like Dwayne Johnson. It it could literally just be a 30-minute workout at home. Um, but as soon as you make that association, you you enjoy other parts of your life. Playing with the kids, it, it, it sounds horrible to say this, playing with the kids isn't like a chore because if, if, if you've got no energy, if you're hungover, you've got no energy and your, your knees hurt whenever you kneel down, it's not fun to play on the floor with your kids. You want to do it. You know you should do it and it's so important, but it's not fun and you probably avoid that situation. But as soon as you start living a healthy lifestyle and it doesn't hurt to be on the floor and you can pay attention to your kids and you see the reaction that they have when, when you are paying attention, all of a sudden it's, it's more enjoyable. And then, as you say, life, I, I think life just becomes so much more colorful. Yeah. And it's it's like this puzzle that 
every habit you start to get down it becomes more complete and it it makes everything else easier and it all it like it has a knock-on effect each habit helps with the other like you said sleep eating better when you eat better you sleep better when you sleep better you're more likely to eat better for example and um, same with exercise exercise is going to help you be more physically tired when it's time to go to bed but it's also going to give you more energy for the things that you need to do throughout the day and in relation to your kids as well that's such a it's such a true thing when it comes to um having that energy that it isn't a chore because there's nothing more annoying when you have a hangover than children <laughs> or when you're I, I really tired than children particularly small children but that time do, goes do, so do, fast. Do, do you know what I, I I've, I've not drunk in a year and people are like oh yeah amazing you're not drunk in a year is it because you're a personal trainer and it's like no it's because the last time I drank Bo wanted to play with me all day and do you know how difficult I found that and I looked in the mirror and I was like I do not want to be that dad who cannot play with my son when he wants me to and then I'm just like, okay, is a drink worth it? And I'm like, to see to see the look on Bo's face when daddy can't do something he wants to do, I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah, no, I haven't drank in about a year and a half either. And like when my I have my older kids are 13 and 10, um, and then I have a smaller boy who's five. So I haven't like, you know, kind of haven't really drank that much since he was born, really. You know, I kind of had, you know, the odd mad night out or whatever. But in the past year and a half, yeah. I stopped drinking altogether because like that, it kind of it paralyzes me. I can't do anything the next day i couldn't even go out for a walk like i just would literally i would be dragging myself around it's just not worth it for me and that would even be only after a few it's just like my obviously my serotonin levels take a serious dive yeah so it's just it's not worth it for me anymore but um with that time like your kids are much smaller how old are your kids again so uh two and a half and six months two and a half yeah so you're you're at a really kind of difficult stage like it's pretty full-on sleep (laughs) hard it's you know yeah like it's really really tough time but what I've noticed is it goes so fast and if we spend our lives feeling like shit when our kids are small before you know it they're 10 and 13 and you're like when where did that happen and it does it go like if we're so stressed out in a job we hate we feel like shit because we're eating like shit we're drinking every weekend we're hung over till Wednesday um we miss it yeah absolutely it's 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 crazy I when I when I was um, employed and not working for myself um I, I i left nine months ago so bo would have been just over a year and a half old and i'd come home and, and my wife katie absolutely amazing mum, absolutely incredible she'd be like oh bo's doing this bo's doing that and and as you say they just grow up so quickly you know he he, he was crawling missed it um i caught the first steps which i was super happy with but then you, you know it, it does just go so quickly and i think when when somebody becomes a parent, whether it was a deliberate choice or not, I think people need to face up and accept that responsibility um, and, and let go of the life they used to have. Not in its entirety, not like, oh, I can never drink, I can never do this. But, you know, 90, 95% of the time, you have to have a different life. You have to have different priorities because you've got these little people who you've brought into the world and you, you need to accept responsibility and try and do your best to kind of give them the best start in life. Yeah. And as well as giving them the best part of you, I think like for me, a huge part of it as well is setting a good example. 
and mm. um that my kids like I, I teach a few classes in the gym then on um, the evening time so like my daughter would often come with me and she sees it as normal just to see a load of moms in the gym um that are there you know their kids are at home with the dads and the moms are all there together doing their workout um at my class and that you know a gym is a normal place to be working out at home is a normal thing to, and just being fit and healthy and strong and like my 10 year old I'm, I'm just focusing on her as an example but she like it's a big thing for her like she started being like like look at my my biceps look look how strong yeah. I am and she's, really, she's really into gymnastics and she, um, so like she really values strength because obviously as a gymnast you need to be really strong but it's not about what she looks like now I know she's only 10 and that could change very quickly in the next few years but it's very much about what she can do and how strong she is and you know even like she she's she sometimes just eats like a little bird and she you know she could be spend an hour and a half I'm not exaggerating eating her dinner and but like it's like Leila you need to eat to keep strong you need you want to be strong you have to eat your food your food is fuel and I just think that it's so important that we give this kind of example to our kids that we're living it they see us that it's normal to try and be strong it's normal to try and be healthy um so that they'll do it rather than it being normal that we're just lying around on the sofa you know eating takeaway or drinking beer not that that's not okay to do in moderation but that the majority of their lifestyle is getting out there doing things and seeing mom and dad being healthy really 100 percent. if you think about kids when they're first born they they have zero construct of the world and so what they view as normal and what they think um you, you know parents should do or, or what people should do what adults should do literally comes from whatever they see their parents do and I think if if anybody's listening to this and they're thinking, oh, I'm not healthy, you know, I'm overweight, I'm not setting a good example, you are literally in the best position to shape your kids because there is nothing more powerful than seeing somebody you love, somebody you care about change and transform. Yeah. My, my I don't have a favorite client, but one of the type of clients that I absolutely love working with are the clients who have never, never, ever been into health or fitness hated PE, hated gym, hated everything like that. And then they're like, crap, I've got kids. Something needs to change. I need to focus on this. And the reason why I love it so much is because after, well, well you know, no, normally we start training at home because they don't have the confidence to go into the gym uh, or, or the time either, to be fair, because uh, they normally have little ones, which is why they've kind of decided they need to make this change. So we start training at home and one of the things, one of the, the barriers that they have is, oh, you, you know, I don't know when to train. I don't know when I can do it. And I'm just like, look, when your kid is eating dinner, if you're not eating with them, just do your workout then. Just do it where you can watch them at the table and they can watch you. And the amount of videos and photos I, I get of parents either or, or dads either doing press-ups with kids on their back, which, you know, when they first started, they couldn't do a press-up. Absolutely incredible. And I'm like, look, you are normalizing exercise for your kid your kid is going to grow up and think oh doing press-ups is normal doing squats is normal running around is normal and and it is entirely down to that parent and the effort that they put in and if you've got like a 10 year old like they they know who you are you know they they probably know you better than they know anyone else and if you go from someone who's overweight low energy to all of a sudden you know vibrant the light in the world the one that's saying to your little one we need to go to the park and get out like come on school's over work's over let's go they're going to see that and be like what has made this change and you know they, they, they see everything they know what you do they'll they'll see the the pizzas and the beers that you know they've disappeared that's no longer a normal friday night and saturday night thing 
you know, it's vegetables, it's water, it's prioritized. I've got something to say after this as well. It's prioritized in healthy habits. And and they'll embody that. And they'll be like, okay, if I want more energy, because it looks a lot more fun to have more energy, that's what I need to do. So the reason why I laughed is because I had a thought that comes to me and something that I, I always say to my clients is, if you're ever not sure what the healthy thing to do is, and I've not responded to your WhatsApp, just think, what would I want to do for my kids? Because if we just do everything that we tell our kids and, and try and implement for our kids, we'll be healthy. Eat your vegetables, eat your fruit, don't snack, go outside and play, bedtime routine, drink your water. Literally everything we say to our kids, if we just did that, we'd all be healthy. Exactly. It's so true. Oh my God, when you think about it. Yeah. Just like, yeah, first, yeah give ourselves the same advice, the same rules. Um, and also, I think it's important to note, like what, what you're saying, yeah, for people not to be worrying, oh my God, I still don't, you know, I still have a really unhealthy lifestyle. And, you know, am I setting a bad example for my kids? And it's important not to think like that and to remember that it's never too late. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm, no. I'm 37 now. If I saw my parents make, these lifestyle changes I'd be so inspired by them you know doing and actually both of my parents are in the gym now in their 60s and they only started in their 60s and I just think that's fantastic so I think no matter what age your kids are if they see you making these changes it will inspire them and it'll make them realize that they can make changes if they want to as well I don't think there's anything more powerful than seeing somebody you love and care about who has gone from a state of apathy and low motivation to transforming physically mentally and energy wise i don't think there's anything more powerful than that because you look at them and you just think it, it's not this person who has this monumental amount of willpower and discipline and you know this david goggins style character it's literally like it, it's my mum or my dad and i'm like i i've seen what they were like and they can make this change like why can't i yeah and I think that we need to be careful here, though, as well, that we, you know, we get so inspired, like everyone always gets inspired by someone who has a really great transformational story, you know, a lifestyle change that it's never overnight. It's never a drastic no. change. And I think this is where a lot of people go wrong. They try and change everything. They're like, right, I'm working out three times a week. I'm walking five kilometers a day and I'm only eating whole foods. And it, they last maybe five days, you know, Monday through to Friday. Mm. And then it's it's too hard it has to be done step by step and this is where the fitness industry lets people down i think because it's all we're Mm -hmm. seeing are these transformations and everything is quick and or it comes across as being quick and easy and just follow this diet and just do this but it's not like it it is literally consistent daily habits done over and over again not particularly exciting but if they're habits that you enjoy you can find real joy in it but it does take time Exactly. I, I think also it's quite important to um, think about, well, pro- aim for progress, not perfection. That That's number one. But also compare the, the week you're in to the, to the previous week this time last year. So a, a prime example of that, um, I, I actually coach a couple of teachers in, in um, Northern Ireland. So when you said the kids were off in the Irish accent, I was like, okay, no, I get it. It's, it's summer holidays. You guys get a massive summer holiday. Yeah, Great for your kids. Not yeah. good for parents. <laughs> and I was a teacher for um, years, so I used to love it. Okay. Whereas now, that, now I'm working through the summer, I'm like, oh no, now I know how the parents <laughs> <laughs> No, exactly. Um, so I've, I've, I've lost my train of thought there. Um, oh no, I've lost my train of thought completely. Um, no, no, no. You were talking about the teachers in North Comparing North. this time last year. So, yeah. yeah, so 
Um, last week for one of my clients was an absolute nightmare. He he got one training session in, normally rained for three, three at home. His nutrition was, it, it, honestly, it was okay. He thinks it was awful. It wasn't that bad. It was okay. Um, but But the point is, you've got to compare that week compared to the year previous and you know is it better than that because we, we've got on paper what a perfect week look, looks like it might be like ten thousand steps three workouts in bed by 10 p.m whatever it may be but if, it, if it's your final week of work before the summer holidays and you, you've got so many deadlines that you need to get reports in you need to get other bits in as well bedtime goes back to sort of midnight or 1 a.m nutrition you, you know a few you know quote unquote unhealthy snacks come into play you miss a couple of workouts actually that's pretty damn good considering the workload and so i think it's important to look at what a good week looks like with the context of everything else that's going on in that week another example is a parent kids are sick of nursery so one of you has to be at home looking after them you know you miss one workout but you manage to get two in and you get eight thousand sets instead of ten sounds pretty good to be honest if you've got a little one who's sick at home and it, it, it's just understanding that some weeks i always say to my clients we're going to have some weeks where the stars will align and we can really push. And on those weeks, we can. And on the weeks where, you know, the stars aren't aligning, everything seems to be against you. If we just maintain, that's pretty good. Because in contrast, what would happen normally is you would take three or four steps back. And we're in a better position at the end of that week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it is it is really i know we are talking a lot about mindset but i just yeah i want to just dig into this a little bit more so you know getting rid of this all or nothing and looking at how far you've come as being a really really important factor and not comparing yourself to anyone else and like someone else's let's quote unquote perfect week or you know is going to look very different to yours because it all very much depends on the person depends on the lifestyle circumstances and what you can actually manage and just because and you know the amount of clients I get oh but I'm not I've, I have some clients who are completely new to to health and fitness and they're not ready for workouts they have small kids at home they are focusing on tracking their calories getting more healthy whole foods in and they walk every day and they're making tremendous progress and they're like oh but I'm still not getting the workouts in I'm like you will eventually maybe it'll be a year maybe it'll be two years it doesn't matter but at the minute you're making progress you're losing body fat you're getting healthier and it's enough for now um, so it's really important to that there is no structure of this is what I have to reach. And actually, oh, no, I remember now what I wanted to ask you. You said back a while back um, about it being a long game, being a, like a long term mm -hmm. thing. What are your thoughts then on people having goals? You know, I've got a wedding coming up. I've got a holiday coming up. I want to be size 10 by next January. Those kind of goals. I, I I think they're great. I think you need them. Um, I, I mean, everything I'm saying, I'm very aware on, on my Instagram. I, I've just posted a, a, a last week, I posted a picture of this client who literally is absolutely diced, um, like so lean. But he came to me with that specific goal. He was already in a relatively good shape, you, you know, before. But he was like, I have this goal. And I think you always need you always need a deadline or something to focus on. Does it need to be body composition? No, it could be an event. It could be something else that you're looking for. But having something that you're kind of being pulled towards is quite important. If we think about human motivation, the thing that keeps people coming back is seeing improvement. And so, so that means we need to track things, whether it's um, weight, reps, set, things like that, or whether it's um, running pace, if running is the goal, 
or you know wait whatever the goal is but we, we need something that you're sort of working towards in order to see progress to get that kind of virtuous solo start the virtuous cycle of motivation where it, it, it does improve now I think it's important and and the responsibility of the coach to make sure that these goals aren't damaging or if they are going to a position where you know it's perhaps not healthy the coach makes the person very aware of that or if you're using methods like a very low calorie diet to get somebody there you make them aware of what may happen um the the, the guy who got diced for me I, I literally said to him i was like we can get there i can get you there but it's not going to be fun you're going to be cold all the time you're going to have very low energy you're not going to have much libido you will look great society will think you look great but you will not feel great and then you, you know you need to be aware after that that if you put body fat on after that that's okay and to be honest you will feel better in yourself for it you might have mental thoughts where oh but i really want to look like that you know if you have that that's not healthy you, you know you, you need to accept that and and know that it's going to change um but i think having a goal is quite important really important to pull people there where when people first start the initial driver and motivation is a push. I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to look like this. I don't want to be uncomfortable in my clothes. But as you kind of move away from that pain point, it's hard to relate. And motivation can wane because you're like, well, I feel better. I, you know, I, I, I couldn't fit in this before. Now I do. And I think at that point, it does need to refocus on, on a goal and have a deadline. Because if we're looking at something like losing fat, it gets boring and monotonous. And main, life in maintenance is so much better than life in a deficit because social situations are easy to work in. Um, you, you know, you have more energy, you have better sleep, you have more libido. You, you know, there are so many factors which are better when you're at maintenance, but you need to get to a position where you've got a healthy level of body fat, you've got energy, you've got a good level of uh, amount of muscle mass to, to then sort of enjoy or reap the rewards of, of maintenance. Um, but having a deadline, I think is quite important for you to be like, okay, but both a deadline for what your target is and a deadline for a time frame to get there. But then having that time frame as an absolute cutoff. I always say to my clients in when we're three kilos away from, you know, the initial goal that they say they want to get to, uh, and I'll always say whether or not I think it's the right goal or not, because if they say really low, I'm like, that's that's not good enough. Conversely, if they say, oh, I want to be, you know, 90 kilos, but they're a five foot six male, I'm like, look, we'll get there, but don't shut your mind off to thinking we could go further. Quite often, it's a limiting belief. I can't get below that. So so we can sort of go forward further. But um I always say we, we have a cutoff with the time because complacency sets in the longer you go through a diet. We're not robots, we're humans, we have emotions. And the, the problem most people have is that they'll, they'll be like two kilos away from their goal and it will take them three months to get there. And they might not even get there just because they're just fed up of a diet, but they don't want to admit it. They don't want to accept that they they failed although they've not failed because they probably made a lot of progress and having that there where i'm just like look we have two weeks after this you are not in a deficit we are going to maintenance you're going to turn around and tell me i just want to do another week and i'm going to advise you all i can do is advise 
that it's not it's not the right thing to do because we'll do another week you'll be complacent again and then we'll do another week you'll be complacent again and then you, you know there'll be days where you're not in a deficit or you would, your weight would be going down and there'll be days where you are in a deficit because you'll know some days but your body will be like on aggregate i'm at maintenance so you know i should have energy but actually there are days where i'm in a deficit so your body doesn't have energy and it's going to be mentally quite challenging and we need this cutoff point where we say whether you're at your goal or not this is where we go to maintenance that's not to say we can't be at maintenance for a month and they're like i'm feeling good i want to get the last two kilos off and we're like let's go for it because they're physiologically refreshed mentally they're refreshed which is the most important thing and then um we, we can go for it again but i think having a deadline with a fixed goal a couple of weeks before thinking what's the next focus different to whatever that focus is so if it's fat loss it's not fat loss again it might be muscle building or it might be an event but then thinking what are we going to focus on after that because otherwise we we lose the purpose and the reason for some of the healthy habits and it's easy to fall back into unhealthy habits and that then become the norm again does, does that make sense yeah oh my god there's so much i want to unpack from this because the reason <laughs> the reason why i asked you this question and i probably end up losing my train of thought as i go through this but let me try let me try to start so the reason why i ask you this is i'm not totally convinced on the time frame putting a time frame on it uh, from my experience now saying that a lot of the women that i work with would have you know quite a bit of weight to lose not all of them but a lot of them would would have quite a bit of weight to lose so it's it's going to be quite a long journey and I think sometimes putting a time limit on that, especially if there's a lot of habits and a lot of mindsets that need fixing and there's a lot of, you know, healing to be done in relation to that, that it can be very hard to put a time frame on that. And if someone's emotionally quite unstable in relation to fat loss, I don't mean emotionally unstable in life, I just mean in relation to this, that when they're not reaching or they're not losing as quick as they want to, because they've had to put time and focus into getting habits in place it can be really disheartening and they're like oh I've only lost this much or I'm only here and I should be here and oh I have this oh I'm, I'm not going to reach my goal in time for this wedding in September and it can make them demotivated and want to give up that's from my experience whereas when we kind of try and take it like you had said there the, the leaning into how you feel and um being like, okay, I'm starting to feel good on this journey. I can do this long-term. If this takes me two years, I can do it for two years. Now, I know I think what I'm talking about and the type of client you're talking about is very different. So I'll take myself now as an example to kind of agree with you on what you're saying there. So I'd worked for, with a coach from February up until recently. And initially my goal was I have a, I have a holiday in August. And I was like, no, I want to be super lean for my holiday. I really do. Um, I want to look good in my bikini and... um. I kind of I had lost a little bit of focus on myself because I was so busy putting all the time into the business. I was still training, but my nutri and my nutrition's always kind of, you know, relatively good. It's fine. But I wasn't tracking and I was obviously hovering in and around maintenance. I wasn't gaining any body fat really, but I wasn't in as great shape as I wanted to be for holidays. So I started working with him. It gave me that focus. He did my workouts for me. So I just went and did my workouts without having to think about it. I stuck with the calories he told me. So we built some muscle, then we lost a bit of body fat. And I got to this stage of the journey now I finished up with him since but um, before we finished up I kind of my, my goal had changed so what I had discovered from working with him was how much food I could actually eat and maintain my body weight 
Like I knew, I kind of knew, but at the same time just didn't really want to push it and would have questioned myself a little bit. Whereas I realized how good I can feel, how strong I can feel. And I felt in a really good place and my goal changed. And my thought there, and maybe it was a little bit me talking myself out of the final dieting phase, but I was like, I'm lean enough. I'm healthy. I have a really healthy mindset towards my body, towards food. Why do I want to be photographed lean for a holiday where I'll get one photograph on day one? I'll have pizza that night. I'll probably be bloated. I'll spend the rest of my holiday kind of feeling half guilty or self-conscious that I'm not as lean as I was. And then when I get back, I'd have to maintain that lifestyle to try and maintain that lean when I don't want to maintain that lifestyle, if that makes sense. So I think what you're saying about, yeah, about that final push for the last couple of kilos, which would have been the stage I was at for me, I was like, I was able to be like, no, it's not worth it. Whereas I think that's a real danger point for people to get to if they get to that level of lean. First of all, then even if they put on a few kilos, they're still really lean, but they don't, they never feel good enough anymore because they've got even leaner. And you're setting yourself up for this such an unhealthy relationship with your body and I think just as from my own experiences and from working with clients that my approach is now very like obviously if someone has a wedding or or holiday and they're like I want to you know I'm like I will work with them towards it but as they start to struggle on on the journey I'm like is it the most important thing how are you feeling look at look at where you started I show them their photos this is where you were this is where you are now and isn't that fantastic and I think we need to sometimes focus on that a bit more I don't know but I'm, I'm still undecided so it was really interesting to hear your perspective on it no I do no I, I, I totally agree with you um and I, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in having this perfect body and what they want to look like for, for a specific specific event and I think it is fun to to get really really lean at once like one time if you want to but after that you realize it's not worth it at all and you know, be, being lean on holiday, the, the, there are so many problems that come with it. And th- this is kind of where I think the fitness industry has it wrong en masse um, a, a lot of the time. The the expectations and what people looking into fitness, having not dipped their toes in fitness, think, oh, this is what fitness is, is not healthy. And it ironically, um, and, and, and it's not good. So as you said, with getting the extra kilos off for the holiday, like, you, you know, you're not going to have any energy, you know, you, you'll quote unquote look good compared to, well, as what society, the media deems is, you know, good, but you, you don't feel good. And actually you'll probably look better when you're not really, really lean. Um, per- personally for me, the first time I did a photo shoot, I, I got so lean, like you, you I, I would pinch the skin on my stomach by my belly button and there would literally be just like skin and that's it. And I, I, I remember, it's really weird. I look back, rose into glasses. Oh, I had so much energy. I looked great and all of this. And my wife's just like, no, you looked like a skinny rat. You didn't look like the photos all the time. You had no energy. It wasn't fun for us. And it, it's, it's important for people to accept that and realize that and realize actually life is a lot better when you're not really, really lean. Yeah, when you're strong, uh, it's, 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 when it's, you're it's like Zoolander, isn't it? Maybe there's more to life than being really, really ridiculously good looking, but instead of good looking, really, really lean. 
and it's just like yeah absolutely there is like, so much more yeah exactly and but, yeah. and then again what people don't realize with these photo shoots that people do you know and a lot of them like i've spoken about this with other people on the podcast as well that you know pts or whoever will do a photo shoot and they get loads of photos and they'll use those photos on their social media throughout the year and pretend that they're lean like that all year round and they're not and what people don't realize it's not even just a case of you know doing lots of training and, and like you know that those photo shoots it comes down to manipulating hydration and carbohydrates at the very last minute to get the muscles to pop in the way they do and that even they don't even actually look like that for real on the day except for the well on the day they do but the day before not so much you know that it's it's such and it is the unhealthy extreme of being overweight to being not that you're underweight but you're 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 dehydrating yourself and you're manipulating um my it's it's unhealthy with with that level little body fat i mean if you think about body fat there are two things which we need to kind of be aware of that they release one is cytokines which are inflammatory molecules and people think oh it's bad we don't want inflammatory molecules but it's like no we do because if your immune system needs to recover and needs to fix something you need inflammation to pull the cells there so that's one thing fat does which we need and the other thing is it produces leptin which is uh leptin and ghrelin the two hunger hormones if we don't have enough leptin we're going to be hungry all, all of the time and nobody likes you if you're hangry which in itself is not fun I, I think one thing a lot of people don't touch on as well with those photo shoots is the amount of body dysmorphia yeah. it causes, especially within the fitness industry. And this is something that I've had massively. Like now I'm I'm sitting at 77, 78 kilos. At my photo shoot weight, I would be 71 and a half, 72. And in in my head, I always have this burning thing. Oh, I need to, I need to be lighter. I need to get leaner. I need to get leaner. And I'm just like, in my head, I have that thought. And then, you know, I, I, I write it all out. I journal it out. And, and that kind of adds context and adds frame, like frames it better for me. And I'm just like, okay, 72, cold, I lived in Dubai. And I'd, I'd be shivering walking down this street because I, I was that cold. That's like, so ridiculous. interesting. I've never heard that ridiculous. before. It's so interesting. No, no, no energy. Um, low libido. Slept like rubbish. What, what, I, I, so I, when, when I was in Dubai, I would... Training was easy because I, I would go to bed at 9 p.m. Uh, but every single day I'd wake up at 3 a.m. because of stress, because of very low body fat and and managing a gym, the stresses that come with that. Um, <laughs> managing trainers, stresses that come with that. Um, what they're, they're all well-intentioned, of course, but you, you know when you're managing a gym of young men predominantly, you know they all think they can do it better. And... Um, they're, they're, they're a bunch of great guys but you, you know they, they have this their mindset on what they want to do it's challenging um but i'd wake up at 3 a.m train for an hour and a half come back up by the time i get back up my wife would wake up we'd go for a long walk and it's just like okay i thought that was normal and then i had a conversation with a, a friend back in the uk and um at, at the latter stages of um where i used to work before i set up father fit I got into that same routine where I was waking up at three, three thirty. I'd go to I'd, I was a member of Pure Gym, and so it's twenty four seven. I'd get up and I'd go and train. I'd be like, "This is great," because but like Bo was still sleeping, my wife was sleeping. I'd go train, come back. By the time I'm home, I'd empty the dishwasher, you know, make sure everything's all right. But when when they're awake, amazing. And I was talking to a friend about this and just saying, "Oh, how great it was," and she was just like, "You know, that's just stress, like." you're really stressed and the problem 
with stress is it's it's a perception and i'm quite a laid-back chilled kind of guy so you know so somebody could do something and unless it's like something awful you know, I, it, it's like a, a bit like water off a duck's back you know i'll, I'll take note of it but i'm not going to let it it's not going to turn me into a person that will then kind of react at home with with my wife or, or my little boy and i was like no 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 it's not stress i'm not stressed at all and um the 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 day that I finished after my notice kind of period, I slept until seven a.m. and I was like, <laughs> definitely stress, definitely stress. But yeah, yeah, that's amazing. But anyway, the the the, really. the 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 point is, there's more to life than being really really ridiculously lean. I think that's a perfect time to throw the <laughs> question back at you one more time before we finish up. Yeah, um, health. So in a in a few words, what is health? So I. So I, I think health is being in a position to do everything that you want to do and to be capable of doing that with the absence of, you know, any diseases. So waist to hit ratio is okay, or waist to height ratio, whichever one you want to do. But being able to do what you want to do with the people that you love in in the spirit that you want to do it. Amazing. So good. Where can people find you if they want to to follow you, connect with you, contact you? Sure. Where's the best place? So probably Instagram at FatherFitPT. And then from there, you can get to my website, drop me a message. Always like chatting to people. I, I actually hated social media before setting up FatherFit. Um, and, and I'd rarely post. But since, you know, obviously it, it's part of the job, I need to do it. Uh, I actually really enjoy yeah. it now. But one of the aspects I really, really enjoy is talking to people. And especially the kind of people I talk yeah. to who are mainly, I actually talk to a lot of mums as well because they mums have this fantastic um approach of my husband isn't ready to change yet so i'm gonna be the information i was gonna say there's gonna be loads of women listening now that are going to go to their husbands like i was listening to this podcast you need to listen to this now to this guy chris because he'll be able to he does fathers you know (laughs) this is what they'll be like um so you might get loads of irish dads onto you soon (laughs) oh not 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 a problem i i I welcome it i am but it's true though oh sorry go on no i was just gonna say that there's this one one mum that i've been speaking to for about six months and and like it's fun because we talk about parenting we talk about health and you you know that there's lots of golden threads for health between men and women of course but um she was just like i just want to let you know the reason why i'm following you is because my husband isn't ready to change yet but i i'm just sending sending uh your stuff over to him for for when he is and i was just like that's fine. And the other thing, a fun fact, about a quarter of my clients, uh, I'm like, oh, how did you hear about me when we first have a chat? And they're like, oh, my wife sent me your profile. <laughs> I suppose right. women are probably better at doing that, scrolling the and um, yeah, sending it across. Uh, but like, what, what, what women, the, women are better at focusing on health and doing what they need to do, and you, you know, being more risk averse, which is a good thing. The life expectancy for men and women are different. One of the biggest contributors to that is men just do stupid things and die young and it pulls the average down. <laughs> oh, what a lovely way to finish it. <laughs> Not all Chris, men are thank stupid. you so much for coming on today and chatting to me. I really, really enjoyed this conversation and it's been so refreshing to really hear it. The, the dad struggle side of things with parenting and busy lifestyles and stuff as well. And uh, so no, I've really uh, benefited a lot from hearing what you have to say. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it too. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope that you enjoyed the episode and you got as much out of it as I did. So before I finish up, I just want to say a few quick words on my eight week Nourish, Move and Shine program. 
So the Nourish, Move and Shine program is group coaching specifically designed for busy ladies. So busy mums, busy professionals, a mix of both. Um, With individual check-ins each week, it has all the perks of the one-to-one coaching with the support and atmosphere and community of the group coaching so it really is win-win um, so I'm a busy working mum of three myself so I know the challenges that you face I know how difficult it can be to make time for yourself sometimes it can feel impossible so um, I do get it um, it is suitable for anyone who wants to make healthy changes to their lives so anyone from beginners to people looking for a reset and a re- refocus It's not a restrictive diet. You won't get a meal plan. I don't believe in meal plans. And it's about making small changes gradually to build the foundations for lasting change. So what's included? Personalized calories and hand portions, food lists, step goals, at home or gym based workouts, whichever you prefer. You'll have four workout programs to choose from. Mindset work, which is a huge, important part of the program, which I think sets it apart from a lot of programs out there. Um, You will have app access. You'll be in a WhatsApp group for support, which is always a fantastic resource and um, great community. One-to-one support through email and WhatsApp. So you'll have access to me one-to-one on WhatsApp and and email as well. Fun challenges throughout the eight weeks. Measurements and progress checks every four weeks. We don't take our weight or measurements or photos every week. We do it every four weeks because who has time to be doing it every week? And I don't think that it's particularly beneficial to be doing it every single week. But you will have your weekly check-in form to fill out and you will hear back from me individually every week. So there is no hiding from me. Uh, There's no hiding in this program, but you will always be met met with kindness, understanding and never judgment. I don't take that drill sergeant approach, but I'm very much kind of solution orientated and will help guide you for the week ahead to overcome whatever obstacles you're facing to reach your goals. So if you're interested, contact me on any of my social media, um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Kate Hamilton Health. There's a link in the bio of each of those pages as well where you can actually sign up and um, you can also do so on my website, which is katehamiltonhealth.com. So it runs every eight weeks throughout the year. So then as I'm recording this, we are going into the current one on the 10th of July, but there will also be a program starting early September and again in late October. So they'll be there'll be two more programs after. the. So there'll be July, September and end of October will be the last for this year. And we will have more in the new year then again also. So I will chat to you all again soon. Thank you.